0: Welcome to the GovComs podcast, bringing you the latest insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication. Now, here is your host, David Pembroke. Hello, ladies and gentlemen,
1: and welcome to GovComs, the podcast that examines the practice of content communication in government and the public sector. Thanks very much for joining me, and I am delighted to be with you once again. Today, we head into the space of the power of social media measurement and understanding, how do we get the insights from the content that we create and publish on social, so as that we can improve the way that we tell our stories, um, how we can sell the benefits of what we do inside and outside our organisations, but make the most of this. Wealth of data that we now have on our hands to ensure that we can become more effective communicators and better communicators. Now, we're going to have that conversation today with Jenna Bradwell, who's the social media specialist for the University of Sydney. Jenna manages over a half a million followers across their Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn presences. To keep all those followers in check, she's responsible for content creation and execution across all of the channels with a key focus on, as you could well understand for a university, student recruitment, engagement, maintaining and building understanding of brand, alumni, and getting traffic through to the owned asset of the university, which is, of course, the big website. On top of keeping all of those people happy. Jenna works directly with major sponsors such as TEDx Sydney and TEDx Youth, running both brand and digital marketing campaigns. And if she didn't have enough to do with all of that, she also runs her own boutique agency on the side, again looking at how people can be better and more effective at telling their story through social media. And she joins me now. Thanks very much Jenna for joining me on GovComps. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So Jenna, but maybe let's start on the journey of Jenna Bradwell to the to the social media specialist for the University of Sydney, which for our uh, guests from overseas our listeners from overseas is one of the top universities in australia one of the top universities in the world indeed and certainly one of the big sandstone universities with a massive history and massive prestige in this country so how is it that you have ended up in this role
0: <laughs> well to try and um, cut a long story short i guess um the short story is that I uh, studied journalism um, myself at uni. I went to the University of Wollongong um, and also I did a double degree, so journalism and marketing and communications. Uh, From there, I did a couple of internships and one was um, I did an internship at a local newspaper and also one uh, which I was very lucky to be a part of at Rolling Stone in Sydney. Um, so from there, I got a good kind of uh, reference from the editor of that magazine. And when the University of Wollongong was looking to employ a new media officer, they um, went and asked my, my kind of journalism tutors who they would recommend. And I was very lucky that they recommended me. So um, I worked at the media office at the University of Wollongong for two years while I finished my degree. Um, And then when I finished I kind of wanted to move up to Sydney so I I took um, another job doing media and PR uh, somewhere in the CBD and from there dismissed the university environment and the kind of variations of the job so I applied for many different jobs at the University of Sydney because that was kind of my aspirational dream uni to work for. And after about four goes, they finally gave me one, (laughs) Um, which was in the university's um, student recruitment and marketing team um, where I produced different kind of brochures and prospectuses um, and spent four years in that team. And uh, during that time, I was kind of slowly given more social media um, tasks to do and social media platforms to work on. And, of course, during that time, social media kind of really took off as a serious marketing tool that companies were on. Um, so I slowly began more and more um, to get interested interest into social media and then two years ago, the university uh, established the official role of social media specialist and um, I took on that role. So since then, I've been uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Snapchat all day, every day and I have a look back.
1: And how many of their... Are you, are you, like, a, a, do you have a team of people working with you or is it you're driving <laughs> the traffic, I imagine, but obviously relying heavily on others to help you to come up with the story ideas and the content and the images and the other assets that you need to, to keep those presences vital?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we um, we don't have a, a official social media team yet. Um, though it definitely is a kind of uh, area of university marketing teams that is kind of growing really rapidly. Um, So it's just me who gets to do social media all day, every day. Um, But in saying that, I have a really uh, big variety of resources to source from. So all of our faculties have media and marketing teams as well. Um, So we're in a really interesting position because we have the problem of having too much content to share on the university's social media channels rather than not enough. Um, So we meet every Monday and we have a kind of like a magazine pitch meeting basically where all the faculties come with stories um, and they pitch them to me at that meeting and I kind of go through and work out which, which align with our social media audiences and which ones we want to share on social that week. So have a lot of people feeding me a lot of um, information and different stories and it's my job to kind of filter through and work work out what's going to suit each of our very different, uh, unique audiences the best.
1: So take me through that process that you follow in terms of determining those audiences or building your understanding of those audiences and then sort of the priorities that you or the weighting that you then assign across those various audiences, given that context is obviously crucially important in social media. You know, what's happening in the world is obviously critically important to uh, the the currency of, of content that comes up. And universities, it's a massively hyper-competitive space to try to get your brand out there. But just take me through that process, that planning process, And if you could give me any sort of insight that you might have as to how do you link what you do to the business objectives of the university?
0: Yeah, that's a a really good question. At the end of the day, that's kind of what it all comes down to, isn't it? The best advice I can give anyone working in um, social media, no matter what industry they're in, is to look under the hood of their social media platforms. Go into the Insights tab um, in Facebook. Go into Twitter Analytics um, have a look at your Instagram insights that you can see. You can see all of these for free within the apps on your phone or on your computer. So, have a look at who your audience is on each of those channels. So, for Sydney Uni, we have something like 80% of all of our Facebook audience are under 30 years old. So, they're millennials. They're prospective students, they're current students. Most of them are in Australia, but a growing number of them are from other parts of the world too. So, they're kind of, we tend to post. Things happening on campus, things that direct them, uh, you know, directly, I guess, rankings, uh, fun pieces, video content, things that are kind of shareable to their friendship circles. On Facebook, we post there, whereas on Twitter, we have um, most of our following is journalists and the news media. So we share our media releases, we share press conferences, we share live tweets from public events and lectures and things like that. And then on Instagram, we've got a much more global audience. So it's people who are interested in seeing the sort of uh, aspirational sides of the uni and our beautiful photos that we have, seeing the work of student influencers who, um, you know, Instagram celebrities basically who come to study um, with us on campus and, Um, more and more Instagram stories is becoming the way that we're sort of using that channel for the future as well so um, we're having takeovers by students and researchers and academics kind of showing a day in their life and they're taking questions from people uh, watching on Instagram in real time as well and replying to them so it's a much more sort of authentic um, channel that shows what life is really like to study here so it's really important to have a look at the back-end analytics of your channels and know your audience and You know, what works for us on Facebook isn't necessarily what would work for somebody else. So you need to know your own audience and come up with a plan um, about what works for them. Um, And the best way to learn is to experiment. So try a different thing. Try, you know, posting about certain content. Try posting at certain times of day. And if it doesn't work, think of something else and try again. And then, what was the second part of your question, sorry? <laughs> linking
1: linking it back to the business objectives of the university. yeah you know, trying to uh, use you know the power of social media and the power of storytelling, obviously to these different audiences, yeah. but ultimately to link those back to solving a business problem for the university.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, The main goal of our social media channels is to kind of change perception about the uni and create more awareness about the different uh, things that we offer on campus. Um, So we do that through kind of takeovers and uh, giving it to students and staff to have an authentic voice. Um, But in terms of Facebook, the main goal for that is to increase engagement with the uni and kind of perception that, the uni is, it's, you know, we're not this big, bad, scary institution. We're a, a friendly place which is full of people who are trying to make a better world, basically. Um, so, to change perception to that, but also to send traffic to our own resource, which is our website. Mm. Um, so, and then also once it's on the website, encouraging, uh, you know, uh, clicks on the call to actions on the website people to enroll in courses people to donate money to the university um philanthropic um gifts and things like that so there's lots of different objectives but um i guess the way that that's proven is um kind of proving um effectiveness on social it's not about likes anymore on facebook like People come to me and say, oh, how many likes did that post get? And it drives me crazy because the likes are a very kind of vacuous, vacuous measurement. Um, so it's looking at click-throughs, click-through rates to the site, um, how many people took action and did the thing that you wanted them to do after they landed on that web page. Um, and sort of uh, for paid campaigns you know how how much is it cost per click how much uh, did it cost to make that video or that um, story or whatever you're kind of promoting and what is the return on that investment um, on the page so all of that uh, we use a tool called social bakers which helps us to determine that Um, but most of it's kind of done through the uh, internal Facebook analytics and Instagram insights and things like that.
1: So what does your technology stack look like to help you to run what is obviously a pretty vast enterprise?
0: Yeah it's pretty low fi to tell you the truth which sometimes I think you can have too much technology, I mean I'm only one person, I can't be across everything and I can't learn how to use a new channel every day um, but at the moment, the, our technology stack is just the kind of in app analytics, um, which are free Facebook Insights, Twitter Analytics, Instagram Analytics, and LinkedIn across their analytics, too, and Social Bakers, which is a kind of competitor analysis um, software where you can look at um, other pages in the industry. And content trends. So things like videos are performing well, you know, in this area of the world. And this is, you get kind of inspiration, I guess, from their posts uh, with that software. Mm. But yeah, in terms of technology, it's mainly just me with an iPhone. <laughs> and that's, um, that's about as high tech as we get. <laughs> so just
1: going back to your studies, where you, you did your degree in journalism, you did your degree in marketing and communications, how has that? Background helped you to be a good social media specialist.
0: Yeah, that's a really good question, actually, and it's I think it's not an obvious one. A lot of people think, oh, you need to needed to have studied um, marketing to be a marketer, and I don't really agree with that. I think that um, journalism. I I went into journalism wanting to be a TV presenter um, or a foreign correspondent, um, so that didn't really work out and i kind of the way my path went sort of led me to working for the university that i studied at and then to another university and kind of making a career within the university environment but um i think that a lot of people say oh do you consider yourself a journalist or not but I, i i think i definitely do it is um social media is a form of journalism it's just um you're writing headlines all day. Your Facebook status is your headline. So that skill, that kind of background knowledge about, you know, get the get the point across, have the hook, um, you know, think about your audience and things like that. I use that every day, just coming up with, you know, um, one sentence grabs on, on Facebook really. And definitely my kind of background in reporting and um, interviewing people has come in handy because we're creating a lot of video content. Um, it's all about bringing the stories um, to life through vi- videos and podcasts and interviews. Um, they're just showcased on a Facebook page rather than in a newspaper or on a TV show. Um, and I think with social media, you know, everybody has the ability to make their own form of a TV show these days as well. You, you're a, um, you know, you're an iPhone reporter. You can report it with Instagram stories, and you can um cover important stories in you know, a kind of um on a platform that's open to the whole world really so i think that that's that's really really exciting um and it's something that um that kind of knowledge of you know how to write a good story and how to tell a good story Um, the kind of formal learning of that in my journalism course. I definitely, I use those skills every day. And
1: has it helped you to develop the strategy, the the channel strategies that you obviously have there? And it's clear, obviously, that Facebook is different to Instagram, different to Twitter, different to LinkedIn, different to Snapchat. So all all of them have a different purpose for, for you.
0: Absolutely. And I think that it's, I kind of, I like to view our social media channels as different magazines. Um, so, you know, my head, Facebook is kind of like, um, it's like bias. Um, So it's kind of things that appeal to young people. It's exciting stories. It's video content. It's shareable, taggable, um, that sort of stuff. Whereas LinkedIn is more kind of like um, the AFR or something like that. It's, it's more serious. It's about business. It's about... Um, creating corporate connections and things like that. So, um, and Twitter is kind of the newswire for us um, and LinkedIn would, uh, Instagram would be Vogue or, um, you know, Harper's Bazaar or something kind of really beautiful and image and um, aesthetic based. So I like to think of them as those different magazines. And then when we um, go and have our pitch meetings or other emails come through, I kind of uh, try to act like the editor in a way and work out, what's going to be the front page, you know, what's going to go on our Monday 9 a.m. post because that that gets the most engagement on Facebook for us um, and kind of funnel through and curate content that way. Um, So I think there's a lot of parallels between journalism and social media management for sure.
1: How do you prioritise between those different channels or different magazines as you you like to call, you know, (laughs) refer to them as? And again, how do you determine who's on the front cover Um, you know, Mm. and who's in the, you know, the lift out section or, you know, however it is that you you may go about it. Who's in the classifier?
0: Yeah, yeah, well, that's the hard thing because every, every, we have, you know, seven faculties, but all of the stories they're kind of pushing is is the front cover for them, but it's not necessarily the front cover for the whole of the university. So um, we have different content pillars here. So we have Hero, which is front cover touch Type stuff basically and um there's different uh things you need to be considered a hero story so you need to be appealing like to university wide it needs to involve um more than one area of the university and it needs to be kind of um interesting and palatable to a, a very general lay audience um, so those stories go on facebook um, we can kind of put everything on twitter because it moves so fast um, and also things that kind of align to our university strategic plan as well. I think uh, they get um, top priorities. So things related to uh, research and, um, you know, making a better world and leadership for good. That's our university's tagline. So anything that demonstrates. You know, leadership's are good through research or people doing good things. That's definitely going to get pushed right up to the front of the line when it comes to social.
1: So in terms of those, that that competition that, that goes on, because I think a lot of people listening mm-hmm. would be sitting there shaking their heads saying, yeah, that's exactly my life. Everyone's turning up saying, yeah. this is the most important thing and this needs to go into the prime spot, you know, on Monday yep. morning. What are some of the... Uh, strategies that you use to try to educate them about perhaps that's not quite where it's going to end up, and and how do you manage the demand?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the hardest thing of my job. My in, my inbox is just kind of constantly turning over with all these emails, and it, it stresses me out. And I guess nobody likes to be the bad cop as well. So um, that's something I struggle with as well, saying no to people. So I instead try not to say no but um, you know you can improve this story and make it more suitable for Facebook for example by doing this like have you thought about adding video content or have you thought about turning it into a listicle or making it a different form of um, reporting because that's what our audience kind of uh, relates to and reacts to so um, the best way I push back is with data Um, so I do Um, a bit of an audit every week about what stories, what were our kind of our pits and the peaks for the week. So um, what stories went well, what kind of topics do they cover, what assets do they have with that story and trying to work out trends. Um, So there's always certain things that go really well, anything about our kind of campus community, um, good news, anything that features, you know, video content goes really well. Um, And there's also some things that never do, that well either so the drier sort of you know um opening of a paper yeah. bag type event. Yeah. Um they always <laughs> really suck on Facebook. Um so I guess um working out those trends and pushing back with data is how I either say yes or no or go back and, and fix it and then come back to me. And in terms of that um but also yeah, go on, sorry go on. I just um remembered uh, another way to kind of uh remedy that problem before it happens is we have a group at the university which I run which is called Social Squad. Um, So in Social Squad uh, everyone who's a channel owner for social media, so from our faculties to our research centres, they come along once a month and I kind of talk to them about best practice in social media, new trends that are happening on different channels and how to develop content to suit the different channels as well. So I think um, we've only done about five or six sessions so far we've only started this year but already I can see a big difference in people thinking about the audience before they make the content rather than the other way around.
1: Yeah that, I was about to ask you about that given that you do have this distributed workforce who are looking to contribute and to participate on your platform and this sense of education and training and, and helping people to understand what works what doesn't work uh, where can improvements be made? What are some of the basics so in in some of those social squad um, training sessions, what are some of the most uh, obvious questions that you get asked or the most common questions that you get asked by people who are looking to equip themselves to be more effective?
0: Yeah <laughs> um, how long have we got <laughs> So um, we got oh, there's I always everyone wants to open a social media account. Yeah. Um, so and the, the answer is
1: no. Media, do, do you yeah. do, do you generally close them down?
0: Yeah. Well, in an ideal world, I think that we need to be uh, reducing the number of university social accounts rather than uh, multiplying them. Um, but um, you know, there's different, really obscure research facilities um, that want to open accounts there's academics themselves that want to open accounts and I think there's a lot of people who feel that because there's a new platform like snapchat for example they have to be on it just because it exists um so I guess my advice there is you're better off to do one thing really well than to spread yourself too thin uh, you know across multiple different uh social media platforms and do kind of mediocre at all of them um so I always try to discourage I have a bit of a checklist that people have to fill out before they open a new social media account um so that's been working pretty well but it's also kind of you know how do I use hashtags how do I know if a post is engaging or not should I how do I report on the success of a social media campaign uh things like that how do I prove return on investment as we discussed before um, you know, how long should it be a video be if it's being shot for Facebook? Um, what do I do if I've got a 20-minute interview with somebody on video and I want to share it on Facebook? Um, how do I work out, you know, the um, average view rates of my videos and where people are dropping out and improve on that? Um, and how do I use Snapchat is a massive one that I get all the time.
1: <laughs> I just wonder how you sort of hold the whole show together like there it is such a vast enterprise how do you because this is something <laughs> I've explored with a few guests in the past is that you know that, that the mental state that you need to keep yourself in given that it is so vast so big so much demand uh, so much need huge university um, obviously yeah. huge priority how do you manage your mindset in such a way that you don't burn out
0: Lots of coffee and lots of wine. <laughs> um, but um, in terms of, I think in some ways I do thrive over that kind of rush and having multiple plates in the air at one time. And that's certainly something from my kind of journalism background, the kind of buzz of the newsroom that really fuels my work. Um, but I think it's just kind of, um, I like to write things down in lists and rank them by what needs to be done first and kind of um, the satisfaction of ticking things off is really good. Um, but also kind of prioritising things and putting your all of the energy and your effort into the things that are going to have the best outcome for the company or the organisation, I think is a good way to go and outsourcing when you can. So we have a lot of um, really talented students. We have a master's class that specializes in social media and we have people within our marketing team who are interested in kind of creating content for social and learning more about social so wherever i can i try to use those resources and ask for their help and kind of um outsource some of the platforms and some of the things we need to do on social to others as well Um, but that can be hard too because (laughs) i'm a perfectionist i like everything to be done sort of you know, the way I want it to be done too. So I think a big part of managing everything is kind of giving all you can to the, those priority kind of front-page stories and then learning how to sort of step back and um, let others take the lead on other things. So when
1: you do get that opportunity to sort of look up, look to the future and start to plan for the future, where is social media going um, for the University of Sydney? you know where where is it going to be say in 2 years time and what are some of the things that people should be thinking about to best prepare themselves to be more effective in that environment in in a couple of years time
0: yeah i think that's you've sort of hit the nail on the head there that's the thing that i wish i had and that i think that everyone in kind of government comes wishes we had time to think about the future and time to plan ahead Um, I feel like most of my time is spent sort of fighting fires and dealing with the present. (laughs) Um, So I think it's important to kind of set aside time uh, every two weeks or something and go somewhere quiet and kind of think of where you want to go in the future and to do a bit of strategy work too. Um, But in terms of where I think social media is going for universities and government comms, I think that um, virtual reality is going to be a really big thing. In the future, it sort of already is, really. We see a lot of um, brands and uh, museums and things like that doing tours and activations in VR. So I think that uh, using virtual reality to sell the campus experience and demonstrate what it's like to work at a university um, and then sharing that on social media is definitely the way things are going in the future. Um, I think the new sort of Facebook algorithm has very much created a sort of uh, pay-to-play atmosphere on Facebook. So you might post something uh, to half a million people, but you're lucky if 10% of people who follow you will see that post because of the algorithm. So um, I think universities and everyone really using Facebook for business needs to set aside money be boosting a lot more of their posts and having more detailed kind of paid campaigns um that doesn't necessarily need to be a lot of money but even if you're putting kind of 20 50 dollars behind every post that's just going to spike the algorithm and, and make your the engagement on your page much better um and i think that unfortunately because we've just finally sort of um, established a really big following for Sydney Uni on Snapchat. I think that Snapchat's on the way out. Um, I think that Instagram stories, you know, Instagram stories do everything that Snapchat does. Um, and it's kind of all accessible within the one platform. Um, so I think that Instagram stories for us, we're, we're seeing massive click through rates um, to our news articles and to our owned website from our Instagram stories. So Um, having kind of hyperlinks in Instagram stories and tagging related accounts, Um, having like polls on Instagram and the Ask Me Anything feature, I think that's definitely the way kind of live content is going to go. And I think um, definitely uh, video, it already is kind of where social media is at the moment, Uh, video posts and vlogs and things like that. Um, I think that's just going to get bigger and bigger um, and more people are going to be shooting videos on their iPhone and um, uploading things in real time rather than having really edited, polished content.
1: All right Jenna, well thank you so much for giving up some of your day. I I feel <laughs> I feel bad for taking half an hour of your day because now you're going to be half an hour behind with that to-do list of yours which you'd need a pole vault to get over given the you know the scale of the task <laughs> that you've got. But thank you so much for spending some time with us today and just sharing your wisdom and insights with our audience and I know there's A lot of stuff that people can take away there today and again it's that's the purpose of this podcast is to really learn from others and 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 listen to what Jenna says today about what she's doing in her world and I'm sure you'd be the first to say Jenna that you know this is what you're doing but you know I I think one of the messages that came through particularly earlier is this notion of test and learn and experiment and all audiences are different and going into those insights and really trying to dig into it to find the types of content, the times of day, the topics, those real insights that can help you to build out a plan and then to be methodical about it and try to execute your plan as best as you can and then to try to build up this team around you where you get more people participating, collaborating, building up the skills in others so as that you can come at this massive opportunity but it's not just one person. It's a it's a team of people delivering.
0: Yeah, that's right. I think you know, take some time to sort of look at not just what your competitors are doing, but what other kind of um, you know, we're we're not just competing against other unions; we're competing against youth media outlets, basically on Facebook. So, have a look at what they're doing, be inspired by what they're doing, and have a think about how you can take those ideas and mold them to fit your kind of. Uh, environment and and your budget on social media.
1: Fantastic advice. And thank you to Jenna uh, for giving us her time today really valuable time and I'm sure audience you will agree that there's just so much to learn there and I think I'm just going to go over now and have a bit of a hunt around on the University of Sydney and have a bit of a look and see some of the the work that Jenna's putting in and so thank you audience for coming back once again great insights there today conversation loved it so thanks to Jenna and thanks to you audience for coming back once again and I'll be back at the same time next week with a guest from the world of government and public sector communications if you do like the show please uh share it um subscribe to it and obviously here at content group you can find out more about us on facebook on twitter and linkedin so thank you very much for your time again i'll be back at the same time next week but for the moment
0: it's bye for now you've been listening to the GovComs podcast if you enjoyed this episode be sure to rate and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes